thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Okay, good morning. Um, For those of you who don't know me, like Diane said, my name's Sam Seckley, and I am going to be giving the message this morning. Um, I'm currently serving here as a VBS director and as a junior youth leader, and my day job is an elementary school teacher, so my main audience is usually kids, not adults. Um, So just play along, you know. You can be kids today. Act like kids. I'll tell you to sit down and not yell out. Put your hand up when you want to share. Um, I also want to say that uh, I, this is part two from August, so we're going to continue with that theme, um, and we're going to do a little more than just sit and listen, because when you just listen, you only retain about 25% of what you hear, and so on top of audio-based learning, you might do a little bit of visual learning and a little bit of kinesthetic learning. Does anyone know what kinesthetic means? No? Phyllis? Moving. Thank you. Good job. Point for you. If we were in my classroom, you'd get a ticket for the lottery draw. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't have those with me today. Um, In the summer when I did this, here we are. This is our theme. Lord's Prayer and the Armor of God. And in the summer, I gave you sticky notes and pens to write down your notes. Raise of hands, if you remembered. I know Og showed me his this morning. Sally remembered hers. Zach's got his. All right, good job. Harry has his. Look in your Bibles. It might be there. Prizes for you as well. Um, so today's going to be part two, because we only got through about half of what I wanted to get through in August, because I'm long-winded. My students would tell you that too. Um, so anyways, we're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer and the Armor of God. These are the scripture passages. I'm not going to read them full out today. Um, we actually basically just read Matthew 6, 9 to 13, with Diane leading us in the Lord's Prayer. So good, you got that one. Uh, and then the Armor of God is in Ephesians 6. Um, so that's what we're going to be kind of covering today. If you want to open those up to follow on, go ahead. I'm not going to read them out uh, word for word. All right, so previously on KZMC... This is my recap. Potentially hot take or unpopular opinion. I don't think that Jesus intended for us to just repeat the words that he said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 as a script. I think this is meant to be a framework that we can use to guide our prayers. So as part of the relearning community team, uh, we spent some time at retreats and in our small group sessions focusing on the Lord's Prayer and how Jesus discipled his followers in this way. We can see in the passage in Matthew that this um, prayer can be broken into six pieces. And in the book, Building a Discipling Culture, which is kind of what Relearning Community is um, focused on, the authors note a theme for each section of the prayer passage. Um, And these are those six sections and themes. So we have, Our Father in heaven, your name is holy, the Father's character. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. That's the Father's kingdom. 
Give us this day our daily bread, the Father's provision. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, the Father's forgiveness. Lead us not into temptation, the Father's guidance, and deliver us from evil, the Father's protection. Now this summer for VBS, which I'm heavily involved in, we studied the armor of God. And so in the summer I was reflecting on the Lord's Prayer and then I came across an interesting connection as I was working on VBS. So in part one, we covered the first three portions of the prayer and connected them to the pieces of the armor of God. Does anybody remember any of those connections? Those of you who wrote it, Deb's got one. What do you remember? Yep, which was that? <laughs> You're right. Keep going. Yes, good. Belt of truth is part of the Father's character connection. Good. Anybody remember any other ones? There they are. Perfect. Thanks. So we have the breastplate of righteousness, part of the Father's kingdom. I'll just recap these for you quickly in case you don't remember, or maybe you weren't here. So um, the Father's character or the belt of truth. The Father's character is what God teaches us about himself and what he's revealed about his character, and that is true and fundamental to our praising of him and our faith journey. The Father's kingdom, I think, relates to the breastplate of righteousness. By knowing his will and living within that, we help to bring his kingdom to earth. In other words, we're bringing his righteousness to the earthly kingdom. Uh, the Father's provision, the shield of faith. The shield of faith gives us the strength to trust that the Father will provide for us physically and spiritually in whatever battles we may face. Okay, you're caught up. So let's get to part two. We are working on the next three sections of the Lord's Prayer. They're gonna be forgiveness, guidance, and protection from the Father. So the first one is, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The Father's forgiveness. I think this one, this one is one of the hardest parts to pray for a couple of reasons. Perhaps we think that we don't need to be forgiven. Perhaps we think that we don't deserve to be forgiven. Or perhaps you have a hard time forgiving others. You might think that your sin isn't as bad as somebody else's. You know, he did this, or she does that, and I'm not that bad. But I found an interesting quote by Martin Luther, which said, be careful not to measure your holiness by other people's sins, which I think is a really interesting way to think about it. Um, we are no better than anybody else. We all have sins and mistakes. If we spend some time in reflection of our actions, we will inevitably come to the conclusion that we have said and done things that have damaged our relationships with other people and with um, God. We continually need to repair these relationships by asking for forgiveness, by repenting, by turning from that action. Now maybe you recognize your sins, but you think you don't deserve to be forgiven. Uh, spoiler alert, you're right. Um, none of us do. However, thankfully, Jesus forgives us anyway. And I'm going to go mildly off script here, Poppy. So um, I have a little story. I wasn't sure how long I was going to take to get through this, so I put it in as a question mark. But I'm going to tell you a story about um, a fellow uh, many, many years ago. His name was John. And he was a sailor in the English Navy. Um, he was a merchant for his father and then was forced into the Navy. 
He became a very proficient sailor as part of that position, eventually was put into captivity for trying to escape the Navy. He worked on um, plantations in Africa. This was in the time of the slave trade. He worked on plantations in Africa. He was chained, he was forced to work, was not paid. Um, eventually convinced his uh, master that he was worth you know, giving a chance to have his own ship. So he got his own ship and began doing uh, merchant work again. Uh, and that merchant work actually ended up being slave trading. So he became a slave trader. And during this time of being a merchant, he reconnected with um, a young woman that he'd known in his younger years who ha was a very, very um, strong follower of Jesus and John wanted nothing to do with God, didn't think it mattered, wasn't important. Um, he eventually returned to this young woman and they um, connected again. She gave him a Bible, he read it, he read it. Um, and he came to Christ, and then he continued to be a slave trader, a slave merchant. Um, you know, we don't change immediately. Lots of things we have to keep working on. But eventually, he recognized the errors in those actions and changed and repented of those actions and spent the rest of his life kind of making up for his errors. That fellow was John Newton, and John Newton was the man who wrote Amazing Grace. So if you've ever read Amazing Grace, a little more, um, might give you a little more context as to why he's singing about um, the grace that he received because uh, he was not a nice person prior to um, that uh, repentance and change of relationship. Um, anyways, so back on script. We are going to look just briefly at Psalms 103. Um, Psalm 103, 9 to 11 says, He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our iniquities deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. So this has to do with our forgiveness. It doesn't matter what we do or how far we stray. Um, forgiveness is always waiting there for us. Okay, so back to our uh, line in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We can break this into two pieces. Forgive us our debts and as we forgive our debtors. Um, I'd like to note, as I did in part one, you might remember the wording here of forgive us. This is a prayer that's not only spoken in solitude, but also corporately with our fellow believers. Forgive us of our collective sins. Forgive us of our, our personal sins, but also of our collective sins. Um, and I'm reminded of the countless instances of violence, suffering, pain that have, committed, have been committed by people in the name of Christ, in the name of the church. Crusades in the Middle East, colonization of the global south, the residential school system here in Canada. And these are collective sins that we are called to repent of whether we had a personal hand in them or not. We, I mean, I was not alive when decisions were being made about the residential school system. But as a member of um, the church, it's still a sin that our collective has committed and needs to repent of. The second part is as we forgive our debtors. 
And to illustrate this one, I'm going to use a parable that Jesus told in Matthew 18. Uh, you can turn there if you want, if you have your Bible open. Matthew 18, 21 to 31. The words will not be up there, but the passage will be, and I'll read it to you. This is the parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow, servants fell, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay back all that you owe. But he refused and instead he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. You should have, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? I think this parable illustrates uh, this portion of the Lord's Prayer pretty well. Because we have been forgiven of our debts, of our sins, we are called to then um, forgive those around us. To extend grace and mercy to our neighbor in the same way that God extends his unfailing mercy to us. This could also be a bit of a callback to the Your Kingdom Come section of the Lord's Prayer. Bringing the heavenly kingdom to earth can be seen in the way we connect to God as well as with our neighbor. We can also see a connection to give us our daily bread because we're called to repair our relationship with God and with others daily, not just once in a while. Our forgiveness comes every morning, and so we ought to also be forgiving others. Now, for those of you who remembered your little piece of paper, you can add to your hexagon today. If you didn't, you can maybe add it just in your mind. And um, we are going to add the Father's forgiveness on the fourth side of our hexagon. So you should have something kind of like this um, by now. Okay, so for the Armor of God connection, this one I connected to the shoes or sandals of the gospel of peace. The shoes of the gospel of peace are meant to be the piece of our armor that allows us to go where we need to go, sharing the good news. The good news of forgiveness, the forgiveness that God extends to us and the forgiveness that we are called to extend to those around us. This is a peace that we experience when we forgive and also peace that we receive because we are forgiven. So now comes for our kinesthetic learning like Phyllis taught us, we're gonna use our movements. So you're gonna put on your sandals or your shoes of the gospel of peace with me. And as you lace them up, you're gonna consider how do you need to ask for forgiveness today and who do you need to forgive? 
This is something I thought might actually be a really interesting practice to do daily as you're putting your shoes on, as you're going out the door, asking for forgiveness, thinking of who you need to forgive today. Um, and so today, as we lace up our shoes or our sandals, I'm, we're going to read an elaborated version of this piece of the Lord's Prayer. So I've kind of taken the idea and worded it to be a little more expanded. So we're going to tie up our sandals. Lord, we thank you for your unfailing mercy, for the grace that you offer to us by having paid our debts on the cross and giving us a future. We ask now that you give us the strength to extend mercy to our neighbors, to truly forgive them from our hearts, just as you have forgiven us for our sins and given us a fresh start each morning. Okay, part five of our six pieces. The Father's guidance, lead us not into temptation. Of course, God does not tempt us. He would never tempt us. This is more of a request for guidance. Think of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me to green pastures, still waters, to a feast prepared for me. Note that us again, lead us. Not only do we ask for guidance in our personal lives, but also for the church, as in the followers of Jesus, as a community. The Holy Spirit moves through his people and we really ought to trust his guidance. So where does this guidance come from? Couple things. Prayer, communication with the Father regularly allows us to hear where and how he is calling us to follow him. Prompting from the Holy Spirit guides us when we are in line with God's will. Could be a bit of a callback to the your will be done. And in order to be moving within the will of the Father, we need to be following guidance from the Holy Spirit. Um, godly advice from trusted believers. Sometimes God speaks to us directly. Sometimes he speaks through other believers. Wiser ones, more mature, older, you know. And then finally, reading scripture. This is a big one. And also where our armor of God connection comes in. So one really important way that God speak to us, speaks to us is through his word. The scriptures are described as many things in the Bible. The psalmist calls the word of God a lamp to his feet. Another important piece of guidance is that it's kind of hard to be on the right path if you can't see where you're going. John says in his gospel that Jesus is the word. And in Paul's description of the armor of God in Ephesians 6, he calls the sword of the spirit the word of God. Swords are typically thought of as weapons, and um, there's no better of example of the word being sort of a weapon in the Bible than when Jesus is tempted in Matthew by Satan. So he goes into the desert, and Satan tries to tempt him, and each time, each temptation that Satan throws at him, Jesus shuts down with a piece of scripture by quoting scripture. Um, by saying something that he knows about the Father's character. And ultimately, he defeats Satan in this way. So knowing our scripture allows us to know God and his will and provides us guidance on the proper path, not into temptation. So on the fifth piece of our hexagon, we're going to add the Father's guidance. And now we're going to hold out our sword. You can do it. Thank you. 
and we're going to pray for guidance and leading. You can pray this with me if you can read it up on the screen. Um, together, we're going to pray for guidance and healing with our sword out. Lord, we thank you for the ways in which you guide us to align with your will. We ask that you give us the desire to get into your word regularly. We know that your way is the best way. Help us to look to you, our shepherd, to lead us on the path of righteousness. All right, final piece, piece six. But deliver us from evil, the Father's protection. So we're on our final side. But deliver us from evil. Now some translations might say, um, but deliver us from the evil one. And they're not that different, but we'll get into a tiny bit of why they're different. We often lump this idea with lead us not into temptation. If you think about kind of breaking it down, you might consider that kind of one line because they do go hand in hand. We want to be, we're asking to be delivered from the evil one's temptations by guiding us on the right path. Deliver us from the evil that is the priorities and desires of the earthly world. And ultimately, deliver us from the sting of death that is the consequence of our sins. Now at the time that Jesus gave this message, his disciples didn't know that he was going to deliver humanity from our debts. The listeners to Jesus' sermon or his prayer here had heard stories of deliverance from their people's history, like from Egypt, from starvation, from a fiery furnace, from Babylon, Assyria, and captivity. Um, but they were still waiting for their Messiah to save them for eternity. Now we know in our context that this request has already been fulfilled through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. We've been delivered from death through our salvation by Jesus' death and resurrection. And look at that, we've arrived at our final piece of spiritual armor. Does anybody know what it is? Anybody been keeping track? Excellent. Anyone have really good eyesight? What was the last one? Helmet of salvation. So our helmet is probably the most important piece of our armor to protect us, protecting our minds from evil and sin um, because the God is our protection from evils of this life and our security of eternity with him. So on the final side, we're adding the Father's protection. And now we're going to complete our set of armor. So we've had our belt, we've got our breastplate of righteousness, our shield of faith, our shoes of peace, our sword of the spirit, and we're putting on our helmet. And I'd like you to put it on with me as we say our final piece. Can we go back one, I think? There, Poppy, maybe one more behind that. There we go, there, thank you. We're gonna read this piece together as we put on our helmet. So, Lord, we thank you for the protection that you give to us each day and for all eternity by your sacrifice to pay for our sins. We trust in your salvation as deliverance from the enemy. All right, so let's take a look at our completed hexagon here, our completed shape. We've got all of these pieces, the Father's character, the Father's kingdom, the Father's provision, the Father's forgiveness, the Father's guidance, and the Father's protection. And if we go around that hexagon, we would have read the Lord's Prayer. Now something that Building a Discipling Culture, the book that I kind of got this idea from, is that by 
placing the Lord's Prayer on the sides of the hexagon, we can move around it by and starting anywhere we want. So typically, we start with the Father's character, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. However, we could start anywhere and go around and make a cycle through all of these same concepts. So I'm going to give an example. If I were in a situation like Shadrach, Meshach, I can't talk today, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, my focus is probably going to be on the Father's protection. So I might start there and work around, and it might sound something like this. Lord, we ask for your protection right now. We know that you are our loving Father and also all-powerful. I'm going to kind of move my way around, okay? Um, greater than any other, our creator who can do all things and cares for us deeply. While we ask for your protection in this dark situation, we trust that you have a plan and that you will bring your kingdom to earth no matter the outcome of our current situation. Please give us strength today to trust in you to provide for us in this difficult situation. We know that we have been forgiven, and we ask that you now forgive us for our trespasses against you, for our lack of trust, and for our fear. Don't allow the enemy to tempt us into losing our trust in your plan. Guide us on your path of righteousness. Amen. So we started at protection. You might have been able to kind of piece together each of those themes as we went around. And you can do this with anything. So I hope that this visual can be of some help to you in your prayer life. As I quoted last time, Jesus never taught his disciples how to pray, how to preach, only how to pray. Prayer is meant to be an essential part of our walk as followers of Jesus. And as I've tried to outline today, our prayers are also a method of putting on the armor of God, which we need to fight the spiritual battles we face daily. So we're going to try and close by praying in this way. Um, I'm going to leave space for you to elaborate on your own, thinking about how this um, piece of the prayer needs to be spoken in your life today. Um, and then I'll kind of close it out with um, an elaborated version that I came up with. So we're going to pray the original phrase together. I'll leave some space, I'll close that, and we'll go to the next piece. We are going to start at the top, just because we're used to it. Um, if you want to follow along visually, you're welcome to do so. If you want to put on your armor as we go, you can do that too. Uh, whatever's going to kind of help it stick in your mind. So uh, we're going to start with our Father. You can say it with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Who is like the Lord? There is no one like you. You are a caring father to us all, and we praise you for your care and your power. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
Lord, we don't know the plans that you have for us, but we ask that you will use us to further your kingdom here on earth. We ask for your wisdom and courage to do your will. Give us this day our daily bread. God, we thank you for the way that you provide what we need each day. We ask now that you will continue to be and give us all that we need to maintain our strong faith in you and further your kingdom. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made by dying to save us from our sins when we did not deserve it. We ask for the strength to extend the, this grace to those around us as freely as you forgive us. Lead us not into temptation. King David spoke of your guidance to green pastures as a kind shepherd. We ask now that you will guide our feet here on earth, following you no matter how difficult it seems, as you are the only one who can give us true peace. But deliver us from evil. Though evil may circle us, we know that you protect us in every circumstance. You have already conquered death, and evil no longer has any power over us. Grant us peace in knowing that you surround us. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.